1: Howdy, Ags. I'm Andrew Monaco. 2020 brings another year of Texas A&M baseball to Olsen Field at Bluebell Park. And throughout the season, we'll bring you the Aggie Baseball Podcast. It will go in-depth with players and coaches. Rob Childress enters his 15th season as the head coach of the Aggies and is looking to guide the program to a 14th consecutive appearance in the NCAA tournament. He has a new assistant coach on his staff. And that's where we begin this season on the Aggie Baseball Podcast. Here's Will Johnson with a former Golden Eagle who swooped into town to run the A&M offense. So we get the Aggie Baseball Podcast going this season. Chad Kaye, welcome to the program. Welcome to Studio 12 here over at Kyle Field. You venture across the yeah. tracks a little
2: bit. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for having me. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, and it, it's interesting uh, you, you played at Southern Miss. I did. Uh, after a little while coaching outside of Hattiesburg. You went a little over a decade, I believe, back with the Southern Miss program. Twelve years. Hard to leave and, and biggest reasons uh, for coming over here to Texas A&M because obviously you have a great connection with the Golden Eagles over there.
2: No question. Um, you're, you're right. Twelve years in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss was great to me. We had a many, many good years um, <laughs> as a coach. And even my time as a player met some unbelievable people. Great school. But, you know, that <laughs> – Like anything else in life, you're ready for some new challenges, and this opportunity presented itself. I'm very, very grateful to Rob and the rest of our staff uh, for embracing me and and bringing me on because uh, this is something that I wanted, this challenge, and uh, to work with unbelievable people, not only good coaches, but and and I've been knowing Rob for a while, so it was just a perfect storm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody settled in. I know a
1: wife, two children, a boy, a girl. Everybody here and. Opening impressions of College Station, yeah. and what what do you still need to know about the town? I, I've, I've been here for quite a while. Yeah, what
2: help so, do you need I'm here? Trying to hit up all these restaurants, and they, there's so many opportunities. Uh, a lot of burgers. So, yeah, a lot of burgers. <laughs> a lot of burgers. A lot of Mexican. There you go. There you go. <laughs> not, not so much uh, Mexican in Hattiesburg, but uh, but no, it's been great. You know, I, I think the biggest fear was not for me; it was more for my kids. I have a ninth grader and a sixth grader, and you know how it is with yeah. kids. Specifically, my daughter, because i 've never moved either one because I just mentioned I was there for twelve years, so they 're just about their entire life uh, they all they know is one place, one town, and those friends, and having to adapt to that, I think specifically for my daughter in in the high school age, it was a little scary for me that was the only thing that was a little fearful of of making this move at this time but uh man she's been a trooper she's adapted and uh here we are in week two or week three of school for them and uh so far nothing but positive feedback and she's really kind of finding her own and my son's really hasn't missed the beat signed him up for a little baseball a little (laughs) basketball so he's already kind of got some little running buddies there and so, yeah, I, I couldn't be more blessed to, to say that it's been an easy transition so far. Knock yeah. on wood. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, it's a new place, but uh, I think everybody quickly finds College Station feeling like home. It is. It doesn't take too long. You're so, right. You're yeah. right.
2: You're exactly right.
1: So with this uh, baseball program, like I mentioned, uh, you'll work heavily with the Aggie offense, uh, hitters. Yes. You'll coach third base. Correct. Uh, and, do you have some offensive philosophies? Say this you know when you meet with these guys the first time, what do they need to know about you when it comes to offense immediately yeah, so that you can project that onto the
2: I'm team? a big believer in setting the tone, and I hope that's what you guys see when you watch us play in in days to come uh, because at the end of the day i'm I'm a high energy guy um my philosophy is very simple. I want these guys to play fast. And and what does playing fast mean to the to the average fan? It's, it's having the ability to be so prepared to where you're playing a step ahead of your opponent. And from the base pass, from in the batter's box, even from the defensive side, these guys have to pick up their tempo. And, and I, I know I set that tone in, in the first meeting, and then they, they still kind of give me a little grief about it. But at the same time, <laughs> I wanted them to know that this is the way we're going to play. It's it's not going to be the not, – not, not to knock any other program or any other offense, but it's not going to be the boring, we're going to sit there and wait for the three-run homer or we're going to bunt every inning. It, it's I, I think you can create offense and you can create rhythm and tempo in your offense by being prepared and, and understanding how to play a little bit more aggressively, but playing a step ahead, playing fast. Yeah, you mentioned it there. That,
1: you know, you want to stay a step ahead of the opponent. You want to create offense. Correct. Because one thing I look at transitioning from 2019 to 2020 with this team, if you if you just went by team batting average, 251 last yeah. year, probably a little low, but it's
2: not just about batting average. Is it's it? not. It's not like you're here it's to not. say, we got to hit 300 now. It's not. You know? <laughs> it's not. And, you know, not to bring up my past years, but I think where, where I've evolved and I'm – proud of where i've gotten as far as a coach I, i've made our previous school's offenses understand it it isn't about statistics i i use the terminology every day even with our guys here uh, you know everyone's going to eat if you you stick to the philosophy and the, the philosophy is simple it's not it's not rocket science it's create rhythm and tempo so you, we're not having to rely on one or two hitters every every inning, every other inning, uh, to where everyone plays a role and they're playing it fast. And then by the end of the season, our team statistics, which are the most important, runs scored, and and the the hit-by-pitches, the walks, the things that help create innings and create tempo – and then at the end of the year, everyone's going to eat. Their statistics will be there. And that's what I keep preaching to them because that's in my 23 years of coaching, that's what I've learned. And every year it seems to work, out, work itself out.
1: Because like in any sport, you know, it all works together. It does. You, you it's know, a unit. You, you don't have to score 12 no. runs if a pitcher holds no. the opponent to two. Exactly. And I, I did want to ask you in, in one thing because the, one of the storylines coming into 2020 is – a big left-hander that you guys are going to go out on Friday yeah. nights no in Asa Lacey. Now, no question. The hope is on a Friday night, and mm-hmm. usually a Friday night's not going to get to no. eleven to ten. You're but, right; it's not. You, know, you hope Asa holds them down. You get your share of runs. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're exactly right. If but, we are, we're in good shape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having hitters face Asa in the fall. I would think it obviously makes you better, but it's obviously quite difficult. Was it It, almost fun to watch Asa work?
2: Well, uh, in Asa's case, it was a little different because he came off the Team USA, so we shut him down early. So I didn't get to see him the first half of the fall, but I did the back half. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to your point... Man, I, I tell you what, this is an elite pitching staff. Coach Childress, um, I, I can't compliment him and Kyle and and everyone involved with the culture of this place from the pitching staff, just the, the traditions that are here. And so I knew what I was getting myself into. I was a little worried about it because I, I am inheriting an offense that didn't come off the greatest two offensive seasons. Mm-hmm. And here I come, and I'm going to bring in new philosophy, new terminology, new energy, and guess what? You get to face Asa. You get to face Roa. You, you know, you get to face Joss. And it's like, oh, oh I got to get some confidence in these yeah. guys first and foremost. So that was the challenge uh, because, look, let me tell you, that's not fun facing our guys in their squad. Let alone they're talented, but to top it all off, the icing on the cake, they're left-handed. So, I mean, it's hard to play fast initially without kind of having everything built in and get them going it's tough enough to have every you hitting on all cylinders and face ace in those guys let alone trying to learn a system as you're doing it but at the end of the day you're right i think there's some the value of it is look man this is as good as it's gonna get yeah. what we're gonna face if we can get it going against these guys This guy's the limit you know, you know here here we go so so that's the way i spun it um uh, because it is the truth, but at the same time, it wasn't the easiest uh, body of work for sure facing those guys.
1: The good news is when the season comes, they can frustrate some opposing. Oh, guys. there's no <laughs> doubt.
2: There was a couple t- – <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you a neat little story. There was a couple times in the early stages of the fall of our early inner squads And, you know, I, I wasn't – because I was trying to be really, really patient early because, again, I knew what we were facing. But I was a little frustrated a couple times because Roa, uh, he's – He's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know Ace is getting a lot of the hype, and well, well deserved, but Roa is very special, mm-hmm. and you guys are about to witness it here shortly. And uh, <laughs> Roa punched us a few times, a couple of runners in scoring position. I was a little frustrated, but I, I didn't show. I just kind of let it, let it take its course. And I wasn't, but I came back in the locker room. and Coach Joe just said something about. He goes, look, he put his arm on me, He's goes, He's gonna strike, he's gonna do that to a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I understand, but <laughs> I can't give in. That, the competitor in me is not gonna give in to that.
1: Yeah, in fall that's all you have. You know, there's, yeah, there's no I mean, opponent on yeah, the schedule. You got not, you, there's you not. get the two scrimmages in your squad, yeah. but
2: uh, or, but so, I think you know. to to your point, the two I think the most encouraging thing for our offense and and for our pitchers to see, man, we really did specifically the Sam Houston State game because it was the end of the fall, so they. I got everything at least out there introduced and we started developing a little bit of understanding and rhythm of playing as a unit and it really paid off Sam Houston. They struggled to stop us and and they finally could see the finish a bit a piece of the finished product. And even our pitchers were making comments and I got, Oh, this is pretty cool to watch. So that was an encouraging piece of the of the fall for sure.
1: Chad Kaye joining us on the Aggie Baseball Podcast here. It kicks off this show for the season, the 2020 campaign. And you just mentioned it, Sam Houston State, that scrimmage in the fall, things maybe started to blossom. Yeah, every coach wants to go out and win. You got 56 games coming. You you want to win all 56. Mm -hmm. Probably not doable for anybody. But but that's just the nature of the beast. But that moment, when you see what you institute – filter through the team,
2: mm-hmm. they build confidence. Mm-hmm. That's a coaching moment. No it, question. It, it, I was more proud. No, there's no doubt about it. And that's when – because, again, it, it, it's different when you're at a place for 12 years like I just left where I helped – I was a part of building that culture, building that tradition. And kind of you got the train running and you can it, – it, not that it runs itself, but then you just start implementing pieces and they just follow suit of the leaders that are already on the staff on the team I should say and whereas you're inheriting a whole new bunch there's no history there's no chemistry there's a lot to be built in a short short period of time so to see it kind of come together at the end of the fall was rewarding for them but you're right it was really rewarding for me it gave me a breath of fresh air and the hard work's paying I know it's going to pay off but at the same time you want them to get as a coach you want them to get it quick and it's we're all impatient as coaches. We want it all to happen the next day, but that's not reality. But it it was definitely a positive moment.
1: Yeah, and uh, when all this started, uh, the transition from Southern Miss to A&M, mm-hmm. how well did you know, Rob, and uh, when the first call is made, uh, what took off from there for you to eventually – Say, all right, let's make the jump. Let's well, go to
2: I always said I would never leave Southern Miss unless it was the right opportunity. It have to be the right school, the right town. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of factors. I was in a very, I was associate head coach. You know, I, I was in a good place. We were having tons of success. The recruiting was going well. I, I was just a bit in the comfort zone, and I always said it's not that I never wanted to explore these options I always did selfishly but it was going to have to be the right position for my family for me and it was definitely going to have to be I always said it's going to have to be the right head coach and I was not just going to take this risk with an unknown relationship and our coaching trees kind of intersected years and years ago uh, back in his Northwestern State days and the guys that I worked for, uh, Corky Palmer at Southern Miss. So uh, the coaching trees uh, connected years ago, and we always had a relationship, and I I knew who he was as a coach. I knew who he was as a person. I knew Sealy both as a coach and a person. I competed against him as a coach in junior college ranks. So there was some history there. And, and, I mean, it's Texas A&M, for crying out loud. I mean, that speaks volumes. So – uh that that was a a easy box to check so put all it together it was the right place it was the the right time and under the right people and it was was really I didn't even second guess it not one second
1: yeah and
2: a couple of questions
1: left here and I had to get this in uh, a Hawnville Louisiana Hawnville Louisiana how many people have been there before well I've been a lot of time in Hattiesburg Mississippi you know gulf hmm Seafood. Sure. I
2: mean, do you fish? Are you looking for seafood here Man. in town? Cajun <laughs> spice? Man, I'm I mean, always looking for, is for seafood. Is this what you grew up on? <laughs> so I think the best news that I got when I got here, because I knew there were, was not going to be many options for seafood, at least the type of seafood that I'm <laughs> accustomed to being from South Louisiana. But... uh I think Rob sealed the deal when he told me that, yeah, H-E-B sells sacks of crawfish here. Yeah. I said, I'm in, Coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't need anybody to cook it. I can do that myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing about College Station is we are in a Gulf state. Yeah. However,
2: yep. if you compare it to Hanville
1: and Hattiesburg, yeah. this is probably the most inland you No doubt. Do. <laughs> it, it really is. I hate to say it.
2: It really is. Yeah. No, no question. But, yeah, we're going to make that work for yeah, sure. No doubt. Uh, last question. Uh, if you're going to
1: handle the offense here at a and mm-hmm. coaching third base. Mm-hmm. Has anybody explained to you or ingrained you into the term of Olsen magic yet? Do you need that explanation? Well, I've, I mean, I've <laughs> heard
2: about it and I and I'm, can't wait to see it. <laughs> There's many traditions and uh, some of the culture here that I can't wait with the bubbles. I mean, I, yeah. I see everything from afar On obviously watching, I've watched many A&M games over the years in the SEC network and whatnot, but I've never physically been here to experience it. I, I absolutely can't wait um, to just physically be in that, those moments. It's going to be pretty neat for me.
1: No question. Good to have you in College Station. Thanks for Appreciate
2: the time. Appreciate you having me. Your best restaurant. You. Best restaurant in College Station? In College Station. You go, to. <laughs> we'll go to the Republic. Okay, yeah. Rob it's on a, right yeah. there
1: on a University, yeah. Out yeah. Toward, getting toward Highway 6 Good from deal. here where we are. But, awesome, uh, awesome. But hey, I love, I'm looking for Cajun too. Well, you're going to have to come well, over well, a crawfish boil. There you go. There you go.
2: I'm in. So, <laughs> all, <laughs> right.
1: all the best to you. Good to have you here. Appreciate you. All right, Chad Kaye, right here on the Aggie Baseball Podcast to get us started for this season.
2: Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings, just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor.